All right. Here we go. Quiet. Hello and welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we take a look at the latest film news, the movies of today and yesterday, and put them all into some sort of context. Seated across the microphone from me is Film Buff Online Editor-in-Chief, Konstantin Vasiliev, or otherwise known as Rich Dries. <laughs> Seated across the <laughs> microphone from me is Film Buff Online, contributing editor and mas- mistress of a thousand accents, <laughs> Natasha Bogutsky. Hi, guys. Today I will be your... Oksana or Villanelle <laughs> yes. on our special Killing Eve episode. Yes, you are very excited because you have been a fan of this show since the beginning. Yes. And um, as we are recording this portion of the show, as it we is are one many, just uh, a few minutes away from sitting down to watch <laughs> the final two episodes as they um, on that Sunday night as they are broadcast by AMC and BBC America. As I'm ferociously drinking a gin and tonic like uh, <laughs> Eve Palastri and Carolyn Martins mm-hmm. will probably be doing in the show at one point or another. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so wanted to take just a few minutes before we go and sit down and watch the show. Yes. Watch the big finale. Um, just to kind of touch on a couple of things. I mean, you've enjoyed them uh, really quickly. Two minutes or less. Why have you enjoyed this show? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Okay. Well, yeah. And Emerald Fennel's uh, writing, which is incredible. Um, the cast is perfect, is mm-hmm. completely solid. The performances are astounding, particularly from Jodie Comer. This is the show that made her a fucking star. It's certainly it given put her a, um, a venue to do a lot of different things. Yes. And Accents, languages, uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. Or lack of emotion, depending on the scene. Um, For those who are joining us and have not seen Killing Eve before, the story follows an MI6 agent who is tasked with hunting down a female assassin. They then have a cat and mouse game all around Europe, um, at which point our MI6 agent starts to... There is an obsession between the two of them Mm -hmm. um, that becomes more psychological and changing of one's character because of the other. Yeah. If you haven't seen the show, I mean, obviously we're going to take a break in a couple of moments here so we can go watch the finale. That might be a good time for you to stop the podcast, go watch um, all four seasons. It's only 13 episodes per um, or 10 episodes. It's eight or ten, um, somewhere around there. Somewhere, it, it's it's not it's short. a huge time commitment. That first season by um, you know, which was show run by Phoebe Waller Bridge, I think is fantastic. Oh, it's um, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, all three se- the first three seasons are streaming on Hulu right now. So even if you don't get to season four, go stop us, go watch, and come <laughs> give, back. Give it and a shot. Trust me, it will be worth mm-hmm. every moment that you put into it. <laughs> Okay, um, so um, going into this finale, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you the big question here. Oh. The one I've been trying I know. to... <laughs> are they going to fulfill the title? Is, are they going to fulfill the title? Or does another character die? 
does anybody die? It seems like this kind of story, somebody's going to have to be cold and on a slab by the end of uh, the second hour when the credits roll. At one point during the trailers and during the episodes leading up to this, um, Eve is sitting on a sofa with Villanelle. Eve is our MI6 agent who is be- starting to become a little bit of an assassin herself. And or at least taking by Sandra O. Oh. Who is incredible. One. If yes. you've seen her on Grey's Anatomy, I'm sorry. This That does not compare to the work <laughs> that she's doing here. True. Um, but when she's sitting there, she says, have you heard this, the fable of the scorpion and the frog? Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, what, what happens? They hook up? She's like, <laughs> no, they both die. Because yeah, the scorpion can't change its nature. That felt like such um, a red herring. A, yeah, it almost felt like a red herring. It was like a kind of a setting, setting the audience up, and then possibly doing a twist on that, or maybe not. Who knows? Um, I could see them going from a from a storytelling standpoint. I could see them saying, "Let's kill off both characters. Let's kill off one character," and I can see arguments for all three options there. Yeah, I like the idea of them killing off both characters. I like the idea of the red herring actually being the truth, but playing it as a red herring. Um, I think Eve is definitely going to die in this episode, in one, metaphorically or physically, but I think it may... I think it may come down to, I will try to kill you physically, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a mental because she's going to end up killing physically killing Villanelle. Mm-hmm. Um, given the last episode, the leader of the, as the, what, what would you call them? The group that, uh, kind of like a terrorist organization. Yeah. That Villanelle is a part of. Yes. The 12, um, the handler, Helene had a, a brief tryst with Eve. And when Villanelle found out about it, she was hiding under that bed. You saw her face when she killed Helene. She's mm-hmm. done with Eve. Yeah. She feels so betrayed because Helene is the one that Eve decided to, to go with instead of her. And they have such a stronger bond. And it's not it's not just a sexual or emotional thing. These two characters, even Villanelle, are very much two sides of the same coin. It is a coin that is standing on its edge. Mm-hmm. The, they're both there. They're, it's a symbiotic relationship between them, um, which I yeah. think the there, fans want more of. There's an interesting pas de deux there between the two mm-hmm. that um, has kept me watching through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's more than sexual yes. or emotional. It's I, something stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Honestly, going back you know, through you know, the preceding three seasons, last season I was having some issues with that because Villanelle was coming off more and more like a spoiled child. And that kind of alienated me from the character for re- for reasons. I was just like, I don't like this character as much anymore because she's just kind of a shit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was, that's why I was kind of like, you know, do I want to check out of this show even? And you kept me into it. And I'm glad because so far in season four, we've seen moving away from that a little bit. And I think the writing has been stronger this season leading up, possibly because they know it's the end. They have an end game in sight. They have an end game in sight. Last season, though, um, it was the final episodes of season three that even though I was 
yeah, a villain that was definitely being portrayed as a bit of a spoiled child. It was an arc that needed to be explored because she really hates killing at this point. I think it's it's not fulfilling for her anymore. When you read the book, it, she likens the way um the, the way the story is written. It says that Villanelle likens a kill to something stronger than your highest orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um and and we see that in season 1 in the first kill that we see of her make in Tuscany mm-hmm. when she holds on to the guy's face and she is just high as a kite watching <laughs> the life leave from his eyes. I have never seen acting like that before in my entire life than I saw in under five seconds. <laughs> it blew my mm-hmm. mind. And seeing her in season three just completely fall apart that it's not doing it for her anymore. It's it's not a ch- it's become something worse than a chore she doesn't get that thrill that excitement that lust for it anymore it felt very human and Mm -hmm. and the beauty of her jody playing that role is every now and then she gets a chance to show us in private moments how hard she is struggling with it in season two, there was a moment where she went to a club and got really fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. She was in the bathroom and she almost burst into tears. Um, and then in season three, it was after she killed her mother when she was on the train. Yes. It's those moments that make her so much more realistic of a character. Okay. Yep. I'll, I will definitely go along with you on that. Um, but um, it's about time. Are you? No, I'm not ready. <laughs> I know you. You look like you want to kind of like prolong this, but we have a two-hour band-aid pull to do here to okay. end this show. I have a question for you, really quickly. Sure. As you asked me about the title, do you think Carolyn or Constantine's going to make it out of this? For those of you, Car- Carolyn was, um, I guess you could say, Eve's boss. Eve's at boss at MI6, and Constantine was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Villanelle's hand, personal handler, and kind of a surrogate father figure. And those two also have their own long history. Yes. Which gets explored a lot, uh, actually, in this most recent season, which I liked. And I'm very excited to announce that um, BBC and AMC have said that they are developing a um, a spinoff st- series based around Carolyn's time when she first joined... Um, the British Secret Service. Back in the 60s. Yes. Yeah, so that actually, because I mean, part of the appeal of this show is the fashion, the style, and honestly, <laughs> the, the, the music and the needle drops. Yeah. And if you're going to do something else that, you know, incorporates that world, you're going to want to do it in the 60s when you have some or great Or the 70s, style. yeah. Particularly coming out of the British invasion. Mm-hmm. You have all that great style, those great needle drops available to mm. you. So that's probably the best scenario to go with for a um, any kind of a spinoff from the show. Agreed. If but, you were to do one. But do you think they're going to make it out? I think one of them might go. I'm not sure who, but I think one of them might die. So. Well, we're going to go watch this episode. And uh, while we're doing that... 
enjoy this needle drop that was played at the end of season three of Killing Eve. And we are back, and we have watched the two-hour finale, and I think we both have some thoughts here. Um, Do you want to go first? Well, considering I knocked a shit ton of uh, plastic Solo cups off a a desk in anger, um, (laughs) and you had to go around the room picking them up, how does that quantify? Uh, That's... that, that that falls under the category of some thoughts, I think. Um, yeah, this... It was good up until the last 10 minutes, at which point it was bullshit! Bullshit! <laughs> Did I blow out your mics? Yeah, almost. <laughs> um, yeah, I was... Honestly, through the last, I don't know, half hour, I was like, where are we going with this? Because we don't have time to do anything. It got really quick. Yeah. Um, it was anti, the whole thing was anticlimactic, the whole last hour. Did you notice though that the last, um, one of those final shots of Villanelle, the blood was in In the the water, made her look like an angel with red angel wings? Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Yes. I think that was kind of what they were going for. I mean, at the beginning of this season, she tries to become a born again Christian. Yes. And fucking fails at it. Um, but blessed by the sun in the tarot reading. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Yes. Visually. I yes. liked it visually. Mm-hmm. But that whole scene was bullshit. I, once they got onto the boat, I'm like, wait, what is, you know, and so we have some like little cringe bits of Eve officiating that wedding. And honestly. The- there was an earnestness to it, though, there at the end. Yeah, okay. She was kind of thing, but the the parallel of the, you know, the ch- Chinese method of repairing pots. Mm. We've seen that mentioned in a lot, a lot of, of things. things. Yeah. So by the time they're using it here, I mean, I understand what they're trying to say about, you know, Eve is trying to say about her relationship with Villanelle. It just it, I was like, oh, God, this this thing again? We're trotting this out again? Honest, if they had cut the section in the middle where they run into that couple who share a freaking organ, oh, it God, yeah. would have the... made this so much better because they could have taken the last 15 minutes and made that close to 35 to 40. Yeah. The... And it might have filled in a little bit more. Yeah, the whole stuff with them was, with that couple, you know, in the Highlands of Scotland, was like, that was pointless. Agreed. And I was kind of like, I'm trying to draw a parallel between this happy couple and them. Is that supposed to inspire them to be a better couple? To I, I, it just Here's didn't work. Here's a question. None of it worked. It's Carolyn. Who fired the shots? MI6? KGB? 
an independent contractor. Pam obviously turned down the job. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck was it? Just some rando just open fired on Villanelle and Eve and killed Villanelle. Sorry, spoilers. Well, obviously, yeah, this, this is, is going to be a spoiler, spoiler episode. Um, honestly, I'm not sure. And I, I just I kind of don't care. I'm, I'm that, I that, care I, because so much of that ending that last 10 minutes was completely rushed and fucked up and fucked up and not a good way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that needed a little more clarification. Oh God. Yeah. My guess it was probably MI6. But she defected. Yeah. But she was coming back. That we know of. Yeah. And she might've offered up Villanelle as, so she could come back. So she could come back. Honest, the Villanelle hurt, but because of the way they set it up and the way they carried it out, it didn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to. Well, we knew, or at least assumed, one of them because was of story go. mechanics, at least one of them was going to die. Yeah, but just because you prepare yourself for it doesn't mean that you react how you think you're going to react at the end to it true and i did shed some tears about villanelle i was more angry about the ending and the way that it was handled and the Mm -hmm. fact that it made me almost feel nothing for my favorite character but what hurt was constant that was a bummer because yeah he outside of bill in the first season he was probably my my favorite character in this because he, he just had this breezy i don't give a fuck attitude that i i always enjoyed you know I was and, like, his laugh I'm just was doing yeah, yes. and i'm just doing my job and okay let's get on with it what you i never really, called me sausage <laughs> what i liked about this season though with him and the the new character of pamela whereas we got a almost a whole episode with Caroline's origin, secret origin, and how, you know, she was tied into the the birth of the Twelve and everything with all those flashbacks. What we saw him training, what we saw of him training Pamela, I'm guessing, because we start to see little ticks in Pamela herself, is pretty much an approximation of how he did his training with Villanelle. And, you know, so, so we get that, you know, it's, it's a, um, it's a, I thought it was a rather interesting way to give us that bit of backstory without actually explicitly giving us that bit of backstory. We got the backstory between Constantine and Villanelle in the first book, um, and their, their training. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I found it very interesting that throughout the, I'm sorry, I'm actually crying. In the um, overall storyline of the show, Constantine has Villanelle is beyond uh, fixing for him. He he's done the damage. He can't he can't change it back. He can't undo it. Yeah, yeah. and he failed with his own daughter. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to training Pam, he has a heart that failing Villanelle, failing his daughter, he feels like he can't fail 
another one. Yeah. He he gave her plenty of chances to to leave. Yeah. He was like, "You sure you want to do this? I don't think you should be doing this." You know, he was um but but overall the It took his the... death to actually make her change her mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is fine cuz she's the one who fucking killed him. <laughs> True. And don't don't get upset about or don't be apologetic about, you know, being emotional about this. You you invested in these characters and that's one thing I've I've told you before too. I know I do as a critic you've you. become a little jaded. Yeah, I I'm kinda like Meh. I see I see mechanics of these things a lot of times. I see and, mechanics, but I I look at the chem, the mechanics as in the aftermath of it. I go back and I review the mechanics afterwards. While sitting there, I try. If the story and the work is good enough, Mm -hmm. I just try to invest in the ride they're trying to take me on. Mm -hmm. Because if you stop feeling, then what's the point? Exactly. And... um, this has definitely been a ride that is me it has a lot of dark humor so it, it's on, it's on my wavelength so it kind of mm-hmm. makes me laugh and it makes me cry and even in the middle of a killing someone could you know villanelle could take a hand and just of it's of her dead victim and wave it at herself and go bye bye and it just gets me the giggles because <laughs> you're a weird weird girl That's no why. it's it's the dark humor in yes, it yes um honest my first tears were shed tonight during the karaoke where she flashes back to yeah it, it, they go full circle and flash back to and like you did right you, before did the, you even think about that earlier or were you just hung up on the fact that oh there's bill and nico no i i when i saw it i knew exactly what that was you knew it was the yeah. night before mm-hmm. had that when i first saw it i went oh bill Nico, her her husband and her old boss, who mm-hmm. um, Nico left her and Bill's dead. Um, as of episode four of the first season, I know, <laughs> I know, you really loved Bill. I loved Bill. That's that was our first death in the season that kind of raised the stakes. That was the Jenny Calendar moment, if I may. That was may equate that to Buffy. Not at all. Um, Jenny Calendar's death. I revisited Buffy a couple. Yeah, it was about what four months ago or something like that. And when I got to that episode, I knew it was coming, but there was something about it this time around when I was watching. It. I was actually paying attention mm-hmm. with a, a mature mindset. Fuck, that is dark as shit. Oh God, yeah. It is. It, 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 it's darker than you could possibly mm-hmm. imagine because he's hunting her the entire time. Oh yeah. And that was the moment I felt with Bill in the nightclub. Bill thinks he's, you know, keeping tabs on Villanelle and Mm -hmm. just kind of following her into this club. And then she turns and smiles at him through the crowd. And you realize you're no longer the hunter, you're the prey. Yes. And it's an oh shit moment of run for (laughs) your life. And he doesn't make it out of there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that is definitely the comparison I would make. Um. I know that um, Darren watching it with us probably didn't pick up on the fact that it was 
harking back to the night before everything went tits up. Mm-hmm. And the, it's English. The, night, be, the night before everything the, changed. The, epi- the, the show begins, yeah. basically. Yep. Um, so like I said, it is nice. I like that moment, you know, that it becomes full circle. The first hour and, and a half it, is fantastic. It's what motivates, you know, a lot of what happens. But yeah, that it, it's just so rushed right there at the end. And you're like, could we have used, maybe make this episode like, a, you know, an hour and a half mm-hmm. or something like that. And maybe that might have worked better. And I just like the fact that, you know, it's like, they kind of like dissolve back and forth between Eve upstairs and the upstairs on the boat in the wedding reception and the killing of the 12. And it just became so anticlimactic. It, there was, it was dissociating you because you don't see any faces. You don't yeah. see what's actually happening. And for a show that has been very visual about its killings and its deaths mm-hmm. to kind of take you out of its final end game. Um, yeah. It, it, it didn't make sense. On a directorial level, you definitely, yeah. And on a writing level, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Why are we, you know, I mean, obviously, backing away from what's supposed to be an exciting, you know, moment that the whole four years have been building to? And it's just kind of, it was a damp squib is what it was. It was womp. And then, you know, literally killing off the one main character in the last two minutes, two and a half minutes of Less the show. Less than that. A minute and a half. Probably. Because Something like that. I wish I, I, wish I had thought in the moment. The end, actually... right there in the middle of the water, mm-hmm. when she falls over the bo- overboard. Yeah. Why? That that's not a that's not even a concrete ending. What happened to What happened to Eve? There's no. Does she, does the, she go the, after? Does she go after? You know. You can't even say that this is the story of their relationship, and it ends when one of them dies, because the other is still going to be affected by that relationship, and that story continues. This this is the kind of book that, harking back to Buffy, and I, if I may say, like. Firefly mm-hmm. and Penny Dreadful. This is a show I could see being continued in comic books. I mean, the potential is there. Where they left uh, it, I'm picking not it back. Sure, it wouldn't be a... the easiest sell in the world. But neither yeah. was James Bond comic books, mm. except to a certain faction. <laughs> hey, Tom. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's. I'm, I think I'm. You're you're upset with how it ended, uh, because well, we knew you know because of a character death, and the show didn't quite I'm earn not, it. That's why I'm upset. I, I'm. It's upset not because with it they it killed just, her. It's it, not because they killed him. It's okay. More because they didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. I am upset that they. I'm upset because they killed him, but they did it right with her. They fumbled it. Yeah, and they were on the... She deserved part, better. Part, pardon the American football analogy here, but they fumbled it on the one-yard line. With this, it was it was definitely a case of they fumbled it last minute. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's why it hurts more than anything. Yeah, it's... Um, man. And because of that, I find myself now 
uh, just kind of. And I fucking love Carolyn. And honest, it was when I saw that she's the one who ordered it. That's when the tears fell. Mm -hmm. Is because they're showing that she did it, but they're not giving us any answers to why or how. It's just. You're telling me that all of a sudden she just had everything at her disposal. When she betrayed her own country, she went to Russia, she betrayed them, and she's pretty much working kind of on her own for the next 22 hours. She's got no backup. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. She has no backup. We saw no setup for any of that. Yes. And that's why she offered Pam the job, and Pam walked away from her. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me that they didn't fumble it by doing the setup to do the payoff. Carolyn, Villanelle, and Eve deserved a hell of a lot more than those last 10 minutes that we got. True. Um, Now, I find myself thinking about other TV shows, series finales, and um, some have been good, some have been terrible, some have been debated as to whether they are good or terrible. I'm thinking of like the the ending to Quantum Leap, which some fans love. How about Lost? And some fans hate. Some fans love Lost. I I like the idea of how Lost ended. I like the the idea of Lost's last season. Um, other people hate it uh, because they misinterpret it. I think my one of my favorite endings of a TV show ever is probably Angel. Angel is very high up there because it's the whole yes, we're going to fight and we're going to keep on fighting, and it paid off all the characters. And still, even though it was left on a cliffhanger. I always wanted to kill a dragon, <laughs> <laughs> which, is a, which is a great line. And of course, if Let's that's... Let's get to work. And um, a base motel had a pretty, pretty wicked ending. Penny Dreadful still hits me in the feels every single time I watch it. <laughs> and you haven't got there yet. No. So. Um, for, and, yeah. and for me, honestly, uh, one of the greatest, I think, still series finales and it's, you know, one of the sh- first shows that actually did big, long, complicated story arcs is the season finale or the series finale, excuse me, uh, titled Sleeping in Light of Babylon 5, where, um, you know, it's it's very romantic. It's very sad. It's about death and leavings and the ends of stories and... I shouldn't have watched it uh, <laughs> so soon after a uh, a friend, a close friend's passing last year, because it wrecked me. Well, it there goes my joke. Hard. By the way, you pull out Damon, and all of a sudden no, I can't make a joke about it. Which I was going to say is, can you mention anything that isn't in the sci-fi canon? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Seinfeld. Seinfeld better for a lot of people. They hated that ending. I thought it was perfect because what's the last thing they're talking about? The very first thing we saw George and Jerry talking about. And it just goes to show that they have that this, this was a show about nothing. These people have learned nothing and they will never change. They are all four psychopathic people. <laughs> and I love that ending. It's nihilistic as fuck for, for a, for a TV show that was like that the number so one, um, the number one comedy for years. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, how I met your mother also. It was debatable. Yes. 
Um, I again, I liked it. I mean, that's what they were shooting for. I think people had problems with like the last couple of seasons. Maybe this show was going on too long. Um, some people felt betrayed that you know, spoilers for a TV show about six, seven, eight years old now. Um, that you know, the mother died, and then Ted goes back to, um, and ultimately is uh, gets together with Robin with the blessing of his two children. Um, as somebody said on Twitter at the time, I remember going, oh, all the time he was, we thought he was talking about one thing when it was really about something else. Classic Mosby. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. I have to admit, I give him props for that one. Yes. So yeah, so there are, a lot, and, and of course, MASH, the series ender for MASH, which is for the most, it was a big two-hour thing, which is incredible for a you know, half-hour TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, MASH was one of those ones where it looks like they had like a couple of different story ideas left around. They smashed all those together. And then in the last 20 minutes, half-hour, peace broke out in Korea. The Cheers finale was great. So maybe it's comedies do <laughs> two season series finales better. I'm trying to think of a comedy outside of Seinfeld where that had a definite season finale or series finale and people weren't up in arms about it. Um, Downton Abbey's finale was very well done. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, There was something very about the last shot of them all around the Christmas tree singing Old Lang Syne. I I don't know. There was something about that. It kind of... I, I will admit it called me back to when Harry met Sally, even though the <laughs> fact that I hadn't even seen when Harry met Sally. So I made that connection later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this about old friends or, you know, do we forget old friends or should we have forgotten what we forgot about old friends? Like there was something about that that just made me feel no matter how many times I come back, my friends will be waiting for me when I watched it. And um, we're almost two movies <laughs> later after a six-season TV show. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like they're waiting for me at Highclere, at Downton. Mm-hmm. And that'll never change. That, yeah, and I think that's that's a beautiful interaction that you and other fans have with that series. That... It does feel like home, and there's a lot of shows for a lot of people that feel like you're visiting home, or that's a safe, you know, well, environment for you to visit. The reason why it feels like that is Highclere Castle, as Downton itself, is almost its own character. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It. It. it has its own emotions. Mm -hmm. A lot of the story kind of is based off of what is, you know, happening on the estate and how it's affecting the home. And I don't think that story could work or exist without Downton itself. Mm -hmm. And that's why when the, the first film opened and we get that, Yes, it was a drone shot, but that beautiful <laughs> drone shot of the guy riding up with the mail mm-hmm. to Downton for the first time and the, and the 
the iconic theme swelled, you know I I was sitting right next to you. I lost it in my seat. <laughs> I turned into a puddle of giggles and glowing. Mm-hmm. And also that I was that home shot, again. That shot of the mail being delivered is reminiscent of the, the opening, opening of the series itself. With the newspaper being yeah, delivered of the Titanic. Yes. But I also... Picture it shouldn't have had. (laughs) But then I also love that the film ends on a shot of Downton itself. Because, and and the the great line that Mr. Carson says of, you know, the Granthams may come and go, you know, a hundred years may come, but the Granthams will still be, Downton will still be here and the Granthams will still be in it. And it's true. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much time happens. You can always kind of come home to the Granthams, to Downton. And that's how I, I felt kind of like this. It doesn't matter where in the world they are. The home with Villanelle and Eve are the characters themselves. It's not a place. The world True. is their Downton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. I they like kind that. of play in every single room, in every single country. Mm-hmm. And I've always been there playing with them. And you'll you'll still be able to uh, revisit them, except for maybe that last episode you'll skip. <laughs> maybe. Okay. But I think uh, that about wraps us up for this evening. Yeah. You can find the first three seasons of Killing Eve over on Hulu right now, and season four will probably be dropping on Hulu at the end of this year so keep your eye out on uh, so keep your eyes out for it remember you can find us online at bigpicturepod.com and we are now available on itunes stitcher and google play so either use the link in the show notes post or head directly there search and hit subscribe and if you like what you're hearing please leave a positive review because that always helps us connect with new listeners we'll be back next time with more news and reviews and Villanelle and Constantine never got a chance to say this, so I will. Thus, Vidanya, killing Eve. And that's all right here on the Big Picture Podcast. <laughs>